It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas. And I'm your host, Todd Marquardt, attorney with Marquardt Law Firm. Remember, decisions about your future can be difficult, but at Falcon Bank, their trust department can make planning for tomorrow a positive experience. From estate planning and administration of trusts to investment management, including real estate and mineral management, Falcon Bank offers solutions with an honest evaluation of what you need. Call Falcon Bank at 210-489-4150 to discuss how they may be of service to you. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, the material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only, and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Absolutely. Dear God, thank you for this day, and thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Patrick Maynard, Jeffrey Sanders, Andrew Eichstead, Christiana, and me give good information to the listeners about student education compliance of state and local pandemic regulations today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this is a brand new episode, and we're live today here on Talk Law Radio. Unfortunately, we don't have our phone lines available to take any questions over the phone. But if you're at home and you have a chance to be looking online through your computer or watching us on your smartphone, then you can follow us on Facebook. Look up Talk Law Radio, the scales of justice in red and blue, and you can find our live stream and send us your questions in the comments. Again, that's Talk Law Radio with the scales of justice. Okay, so we should have some people on the line now, right? Yes, we have our guests calling in, helping us stay socially distanced, or physically distanced at least, (laughs) to contribute to our episode today. Can you hear us, everyone? Uh, Andrew, Patrick? Yes, we can. Yes. Terrific. And there was another person, I'm so sorry I forgot, Jeffrey. (laughs) Jeffrey, is he there? 
Yes, yes I am. Jeffrey, okay. thank you all for joining us. Um, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, let's start with the head of school. The head of school. All right. Uh, well, my name is Patrick Maynard. I, um, I am a transplant to Texas who's been here for about 13 years now. I, I grew up a public school kid out on the West Coast. Um, my college years, uh, as I went to a, a fairly large public school. Um, and my college years, I, I went to uh, a Christian private university, and I, I swore I was never going to go to a Christian school, um, but yet God had a, other plans for me. And, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I met some of those most important mentors of my life at that time at Concordia University in Portland. And then while I was out here in Texas, I got my master's degree in education administration at Concordia University, Texas. And, um, again, just uh, an amazing experience there, just fantastic leaders that helped me uh, shape and form uh, who I am today and people I can still lean on when I need advice. Um, those are some of the people I reach out to at Concordia, Texas. Mr. Maynard, can you tell us about the school that you're head of? Sure. Uh, we're a ninth through 12th grade uh, private school. We are, by uh, certain rating systems, we, you know, you, you'll see that we're rated as one of the top uh, five private schools in San Antonio. Uh, I think they're off by a few numbers. I think we're, you know, uh, uh, so, but, we, yeah, we're Lutheran High School San Antonio. Uh we, we've been growing ever since I've been here for six years now is, is how, how, how long I've been at the school. Um, and so when I got here, we were at 63 kids, and people would constantly ask, hey, are you guys going to close? Um, now we're at about 120 kids um, and some exciting things on the horizon. But we just, we're a cutting-edge school technology-wise. Um, our athletic programs, about one out of every 17 of our kids goes on to play college sports. Um, and we our kids go everywhere, whether it be – TCU or Rice or whether it be Military Academy, um, our focus is to send kids to the right school for them, not to be a niche school to only send kids to schools we think are just amazing, but that help us look good. We want kids to, to be at the right colleges for them, so that's our goal is to prep them for life here, but also life in eternity. Oh, thank you. Okay, uh, Mr. Sanders, you're next. Tell us about your position at Lutheran High School. Sure. Um, so... I am athletic director and dean of students and then um, teach a variety of classes. Um, at the moment, mostly faith classes, English, and some weight training stuff. But uh, I'm, I'm a social studies certified as well um, and love, love teaching that. And then uh, I coach our football program and our girls' basketball program. Okay. How would you describe uh, how Lutheran High School is great today? Um, I, you know, I, I think what is is wonderful about this is I've, I'm, I'm from St. Louis, and I went to a Lutheran school there um, and taught there for a while before I, I moved down here. And what, what I love here um, is I really feel that our faculty, you know, everybody is focused on, you know, we want to be – you know, great in our field, but everybody is unified in, you know, we want our kids to learn about Christ, and we want our kids to, you know, have the opportunity to learn and grow in Him, you know, and um, that that's exciting. Yes, thank you. Okay, Mr. Eichstead, tell us what you do. All right, I do vice principal things and uh, teach English classes, uh, coach baseball, and also help run our robotics team. 
And uh, I got an English degree from, from UTSA right after I left Lutheran High School. I was, I'm actually an alum of Lutheran High. And then um, came back here to teach and then got a master's degree in educational technology at Texas State University. Um, so I've been teaching here for about 17 years now. And uh, it's been a real, a real blessing to, to teach and coach here and just watch uh, different programs grow. Um, you know, we started a robotics program with a few hand tools and uh, nothing else really. And now, now we have an entire building on campus that's, that, that is our make lab that's dedicated towards not just doing robotics, but getting kids making, building, 3D printer and laser cutter and, and some big ma machinery that they do engineering classes through um, programs set up by University of Texas at Austin. Um, so it's been fun to watch things like that grow. Wow, so that's uh, at least falling away from the stereotype that it's only good for bot wars then, right? <laughs> exactly. Everybody wants us to build, uh, build robots for, uh, for robot wars, and our, our answer is always, hey, if you want to write about a $10,000 check for a robot to go in the ring for about two minutes, we're, we, will, we would love to build one of those. <laughs> but uh, it's hard to build, build something that costs that much money and then watch it, you know, get destroyed. Hey, have you heard about that new robot that flips pancakes? I have not. Yeah, it's in the news. Um, I forget which restaurant it was, uh, White Castle maybe, that uh, flips burgers there. Anyway, nice. if you're just joining us, uh, Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt, the reason we're talking to the folks at Lutheran High School is because they're going to tell us how they're adjusting to the regulations uh, that, that schools uh, should or could or might or uh, will follow uh, so that kids can go back to school. So we're asking you, Mr. Maynard, Maynard, Sanders, and Eichstead to please stay on the line as we're about to take our break. If you are listening to this show right now, we're sorry if you're driving, you can't call in because they're tying up our phone lines already. But please, if you're at home and you're watching us on your smartphone or computer, Send us your questions to the comments in the live stream. That's Talk Law Radio with the Scales of Justice. We'll be right back after this commercial. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Our court law firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm, MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and on our phone lines, we're having a conference call with the staff of the Lutheran High School. We have Patrick Maynard, Jeffrey Sanders, and Andrew Eichstead, each with many years with the school district and helping prepare their students for what to expect school will be like during the pandemic. Yeah, before we get uh, started talking about exactly uh, the specific things that y'all are doing so that kids are safe at school, 
I wanted to just introduce to everybody that's listening what some of the regulations are and, and where they're coming from. Um, there was a, an executive order by a Texas governor that, that says that all businesses are restricted to 50% occupancy except services that are deemed essential critical infrastructure for the workforce as uh, defined by the uh, Homeland Security. Uh, religious services, local government operations, child care services, youth camps, and recreational sports for youth and adults. Um, then Texas Education Agency came out with some guidelines about how schools could reopen and uh, San Antonio, uh, City of San Antonio and Bear County and the Metro Health came out with uh, their own guidelines and that uh, led to a response um, by the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton to clarify um, that uh, religious institutions um, should be left alone for the most part and um, also, <laughs> within the last month and a month and a half, there was even a Supreme Court decision um, in the case of Our Lady of Guadalupe School versus Morrissey Baru. Of course, uh, locally, there was also a lawsuit filed by uh, John Hagee and Cornerstone Church. So I know that's a lot of stuff, uh, but I want to hear if uh, any of the administrators at Lutheran High School have a comment about how how did they how did you guys make sense of that stuff? Well, Todd, I think it was a process for us. Uh, this is Patrick talking. Um, you know, Andrew and I, we were able to really jump ahead, and Jeff, we were able to jump ahead very early in this deal. So last year, when we we're uh, in the midst of trying to go digital, our school was really well ahead of everyone else. And so we were able to quickly start guessing what's every scenario we could think of for in the fall. And so as the governments and the specialized agencies kept coming down with rulings, we just kept narrowing down, okay, that leads us towards these three, and then narrowing down, okay, that puts us to this one that we've kind of drawn up and, and to make small adjustments to. So for us, it's been a tweaking process where people have, you know, they've come up with one plan and now they've had to ditch that plan. Um, so we've been really blessed in that respect. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think what a lot of people don't realize is everybody's just trying to do the best they can. You know, um, that, that's, that's kind of the, for us is we, we've been very blessed and, and, but it's, the, the challenge is really, it's an amoeba that just keeps changing its shape. You, you can't, you can't guess it out sometimes. So you're having to roll with it the best you can. Yeah. And I, I've heard that the scientists say the same thing, you know, they're, they're learning as they go as well. But last uh, spring, um, you were able to adapt and adjust and get kids online? Yeah, we were the first school to open in San Antonio. And that's our campus, again, being heavily technology. Our students have been, been using iPads on campus for the last eight, ten years. Uh, and so, wow. you know, uh, and even the Google Classroom setup, um, our kids have just been regularly using that. So now we've expanded that use just another step by adding a, a visual component of being, you know, last year we used Zoom, and we re really felt Zoom had its limitations. Uh, we felt much more confident with the Google uh, setup that they have. Google Meets now is what they're calling it. 
And so our kids have adapted very quickly. So as, as other schools last year were doing review material, we actually covered about 95, 98% of the, the material we planned on covering for the year, even though we had to switch to digital. And our kids, they, they met the task. Uh, and honestly, our, our, our kids were really happy that they were able, like they had the opportunity to. So that's really great that your school was already prepared and equipped to take on this pandemic and adjust to the physical distancing and separating everyone and getting them online. A lot of the school districts throughout San Antonio, however, have different obstacles that they're all facing. So if you're tuning in and you have a child or a loved one who is in a different part of San Antonio and you might be struggling through whatever it is that's hindering your classes, then maybe you can take notes. Maybe you can find ideas by listening to this episode and sharing it with your school of how you can be able to adapt better. Um, Everybody has their own equipment. Everybody has their own measures. And we're just thankful that your staff can be able to share with us about what you've been doing to help your students thrive. I'm glad you said that, Christiana, because this is just one school, one perspective. Uh, what brought it to my mind is that there was <laughs> some conflict with uh, the government regulations and and then that lawsuit filed by uh, John Hagee. Um, and one of the things that I heard that made me really interested is uh, that uh, a police officer visited the Cornerstone School and uh, that made them really nervous. Um, So I wanted to ask the administrators at Lutheran High, um, did any police officer come and and harass you? Uh, We didn't have any police come and harass us. We had, I will say, uh, an official of the local government come and give me a, I had a chat with them over the phone at one point, and uh, it was their genuine concerns. And I would say people could construe it as trying to be intimidated, but I would construe, I would flip it as it was a constructive conversation where I was able to let them know why we felt confident that we could succeed and, and honestly let them know that I do support them in, as, in many ways as I can. I, I understand that the struggles for large schools, I mean, Christiana, you said it well, like the different situations. Large schools that have 35, you know, possibly sometimes 40 kids in a classroom, even if you cut those classes in half, you can't properly socially distance. You can't do the things that you need to do to have a safe campus. And so the, the, the challenge for them is real. I mean, for, for us as a school, our mass class size is 25, unless you're talking about drama and, and our kind of our big electives that you want large groups for. You know, and so when we cut our campus, we didn't even cut it in half. We cut it in thirds. And so now we're able to have about eight kids in a classroom. We're super kind of ultra socially distancing. Um, and so but it is. It's, it's unique problems on each campus, and that's what we're really talking about here. So, like, I'm not a fan of one-size-fits-all. I'm really a fan of, like, evaluating each campus and supporting each campus how they need support. Um, Christiana, you mentioned the, the technology issue. A lot of these, uh, especially for uh, our, our lower-income districts, they are really struggling to, to have the support mechanisms for their kids because they want them to be successful. Um, it's not like a district doesn't want them to be successful. So um, the challenges are real and unique for every area. So can you tell us a little bit, have you done any renovating or recon- repurposing of your buildings? Do you have any gyms that are now the new classroom? Yeah, so the gym we're using, so because we cut the, this is Andrew speaking, by the way, um, because we cut the, we gave kids kind of 
options, right? So we got some kids coming to campus on Monday and Wednesday, some on Tuesday and Thursday. Everybody's at home on Friday. Um, and then we have some kids who are online-only students, so they can kind of choose their path. Um, but there's some kids who, because of their family situation, they need to be on campus every day. So we've marked off part of our gym and using that as an overflow um, area. And so if there's a student who their day to be on campus is Monday, but they need to be here Tuesday as well, they come in through a different door, they get their temperature checked at that door, um, and then and, and they also get a smell uh, a little smelly sticker because loss of smell is one of the first signs of, of uh, having COVID. And then they come in and they, they spend the day in the gym. So they're not in front of teachers um, physically, but they are tuning into classes online on campus and they're supervised. So is there a testing measure to check if the students have lost their taste of sense or smell? Do you have like a flower bunch of flowers sitting around. No, it's a scratch <laughs> and sniff. <laughs> oh, a scratch and sniff. I'm yep. sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh... That's the first time I've heard that, and I think that the mayor and the county judge should pass out scratch and sniff smelly snickers or stickers <laughs> like they did the masks and the, the hand sanitizer. That's a great thing. That is uh, I have to tell you, my, my wife actually made fun of me for buying, because I was at home on Amazon buying all these stickers. And she's like, what are you buying these stickers <laughs> for? And I'm like, and people just don't realize that's one of the first things that goes is your sense of smell is is decreased. And so, yeah, we, every day. Uh, the worst smelling sticker we've had so far, just so everybody knows, is avocado. Everyone agrees on the avocado. Oh. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I love avocado. I don't understand oh, no. how people don't like that smell. <laughs> oh, no, no, Christiana, no, no. It's, it's not. Most of us love the smell of real avocado. Right. Something, they've done something terribly wrong with this avocado. <laughs> oh, Very no. True. Oh, no. <laughs> so if you're tuning in, this is Talk Law Radio. We're having a physically distanced episode where we're speaking with the staff of the Lutheran High School, helping us understand what changes they've made and adapted to helping students still thrive during the pandemic and making sure that their health is still protected. Let's talk more about the the beginning of Lutheran High School. Um, how did it come about? Going all the way back to the beginning, so I was actually in the second graduating class at Lutheran High School, so I've been around for a while. Um, there was a group of uh, six churches originally in San Antonio, uh, Shepherd of the Hills, Concordia, Redeemer, Mount Olive, um, King of Kings, I think, and now Messiah Bernie is an association member. Um, and they came together and decided that they wanted to have an education, a Lutheran education option uh, past grade eight. And so those churches came together to start a, a, a high school. We started off in... Uh, Kind of the parking lot of uh, what what where Concordia uh, Lutheran School was on Bassey Road, and then when they moved to their new location out on 1604 in Hevener, uh, we took over that campus, and we were there for a good while. Moved for a little while to a campus um, which used to be Methodist Mission Home off of Whitby, kind of over by John Marshall High School. Uh, we were there for two years while we were waiting for um, the property that we are currently at to be purchased and, and moved on to. Uh, here at Camp Bolas and Babcock Road. Okay, so uh, it started a, a little while ago with a group of churches, and um, you've been expanding recently within the past few years, right? Definitely, yeah. We have uh, over the last six years, we, we're 100% growth. So it's uh, that's a 
real excitement for us, but we see further growth just because we're offering such unique programs, whether it be uh, you know our, our Health Careers Academy, uh, whether it be our engineering classes that we're offering, um, uh, you know our robotics program. It's we're just offering programs a lot of a lot of private schools and small schools just aren't offering. So it, we we definitely see it's it's much more. You know, our first mission obviously we love the Lord and want kids to know about Jesus Christ, but there has to be other value added things to entice families to say you know because we do that at home. What else can you give us? And uh, so we we put out very strong. Uh, additional programs, add-ons. So the sports programs, I was interested in that too because I, I know that the, the baseball field is relatively new and uh, this season's probably going to be different. So when we come back after the break, let's talk about athletics and, and where you think that's going. Absolutely, and it would be curious if you've considered outdoor schooling, but given how the weather is looking outside i guess that was a lot of unexpected weather reports that you would have to adapt your school to so we'll get more into those questions please bear with us this is a bit of a longer break but thank you mr maynard mr sanders and mr eichstead for being on the phone with us we'll be right back after this break here on talk law radio again send us your questions in the comments through Talk Law Radio and Finding the Scales of Justice. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Viegas. And tying up the phone lines, we have, through a conference call, the staff of the Lutheran High School, Mr. Patrick Maynard, Jeffrey Sanders, and Andrew Eichstead. As we were, before we were on break, we were discussing about how the school had adapted to the regulations passing throughout the county of adapting to school during the pandemic. Now, we wanted to ask some questions about sports. Yeah, so where do you think that's going, and are, are you able to do anything? Uh, so this is Jeff, and um, you know we're we're working for that in in much the same way as we did with the school. You know, um, we want as long as we can do it safely, we want to do everything we can to make this possible because you know the importance of socialization and kids getting a chance to go burn off steam. You know, I mean, I, I think of me when I was. In middle school and high school, if I wasn't if I wasn't going out and doing athletic things, you know that energy might not be put in such a positive way. Right. So you know it's super important. Um, I believe in all of the life lessons that you get from that. So that's why it's important. So to the question, um, you know, we're we we've been having we we stopped a few times over the summer where weight room and things like that were not available because we just felt like look. You know, the numbers say things are a little bit riskier right now, so we want to respect that. But at the moment, um, we're having practices on campus. Um, we are, you know, doing what we can to limit them. Our volleyball team uh, is, they're wearing masks uh, throughout practice. Okay. Um, you know, and we're trying to, you know, I told our coaches, like, let's have some fun. You know, volleyball does a cheer after every play just about. And I always love to poke fun. I, I love volleyball, but I love to poke fun at our volleyball players and um, tell them, you know, have fun with this. Like, find a way to do a cheer while you guys are apart, you know. Um, right. 
know, watching baseball, um, you know, seeing how they're doing it, right? They hit a home run, they come down, and people act like they're going to run up to them, and then they back off and stuff. Like, you know, make the best of the situation that we're in. So you mentioned volleyball. Tell us about another sport and how you're able to practice doing that. Um, you know, soccer is it, soccer's going on as well, and, you know, they started out, you know, and, and, and this is what the, the organization we're part of is TAPS. Um, you know, they wanted us to start out a little bit slower and keep a little distance, um, you know, less sort of like full full team-on-team scrimmaging just to sort of ease into everything. And you get a little more distance if you're doing that, right, a little more skills and drills okay. type things, trying to not bore everybody to tears here. But, um, yeah. you know, those are some things we're doing. And even in – Planning for when competitions begin, for us, we won't have anything until September by TAPS rules. Um, and we're trying to figure out how do we do this while still allowing, you know, fans to come and be safe. Mm-hmm. And we want our visitors to be able to come, too. You know, I don't like the idea of saying, you know, our visitors, well, you're not allowed to bring your parents to cheer for your kids. Like, that's, you know, that's not very welcoming. And I, once again, I think it's super important for kids to know that they've got loved ones that are rooting for them. So, you know, still trying to work through that. Um, I've, we've got a lot of ideas on it, but, you know, we're constantly trying to, you know, move with the situation but allow people to have uh, loved ones there rooting for them and have team camaraderie. You know, students come and cheer on their, their classmates. Has hey, there Tom, been – oh, go ahead. I was going to add to that, like the elephant in the room for a lot of people is football. And how, you know, for us, we actually had to cancel our football season because we had uh, families that were concerned, and we really just didn't have enough kids that we felt confident about having a season. Um, so that's kind of dis- disappointing for us as a school that we've had to kind of put that on a, a back burner for this year. You know, the the but it's real. I mean, like they're putting up everything they can, the the extra distancing on kids, how to minimize tackling, uh, working techniques more than than uh, anything else. Um, you know, but uh, in football, it's ultra critical just because of the, the physical nature of it. That at some point you have to, and but it is do, putting in every every means possible to uh, have safety. So you know, you're talking about again the specialized masks, um, possibly having kids wear full length type of, uh, of of shirts um, and pants underneath that are that are very highly breathable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that just to create a barrier uh, for a little bit of kids' safety. So speaking of barriers, that actually leads into what my question was going to be. Has anyone considered the hamster ball sports? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, you know what, you should push that forward. I think TAPS would jump on that. We'd be a unique, I'll I'll have a meeting with TAPS maybe next week. I'll, I'll throw that out to them. I think that's a wonderful idea. So you heard it here on Talk Law Radio. We're going to try and get hamster sports started here in San Antonio. Sponsored by Talk Law. There we go. There we go. Yeah. And I'll say even our, our robotics team is looking at how we're going to compete because when you compete in robotics, um, it's two of, two of our – our team is playing with a partner and then we're playing against two other teams. And so they're, you're all together in one space, right? And so – Hopefully that will be able to happen this year, but they're also talking about ways where we will actually be, like, videoing our robotics rounds, and you'd play on half a field, and, and you'd send in your best scores. Um, so we're working on ways that we can do things, even if we can't all be in person. That's great. So about 
continuing with the physical distancing and making sure that students are able to have a good distance between themselves, has there been any consideration to have some classes outside when the weather is decent? Sir, you know, that would be nice. Uh, One of the problems is because we have about 30 kids who are online all the time, Mm -hmm. um, it's a little hard to take the technology outside to, to... stream the classes because our, our students are in real time watching classes. Oh, we are recording okay. them as well. But um, it is, you know, to take the webcam and the laptop, and most of our teachers are using a laptop, a webcam, an extra monitor, and an iPad to make the best possible uh, use of all the technology to really bring the kids who are at home into the classroom, mm-hmm. uh, along with a projector as well, so that the kids in the class can see the kids who are online, the kids in the class can hear the kids who are online and they can really have a dialogue and it's not just the teacher sitting on the stage and giving a lecture. So when you gave the students and parents the the option of online only, did it did the numbers turn out the way that you needed it to or was there too many or not enough that chose that option? Uh, Todd, that's a great question. You know, it almost worked out absolutely perfectly. We had essentially a third of our students, our families said, that, hey, we want to be 100% online. And then that made it very easy for us to say, okay, we'll break up our other, essentially that, the two-thirds of school, break them up into thirds. And so we're able to do some, some unique things. Um, and, and a lot of people wonder, well, why are we so worried about kids that are online? Those kids have missed socialization like crazy. And rightfully so. Like, I support our parents that are like, I'm just not ready yet. I, I get it. Um, and so we want to bring them into a socialized world as much as possible because they are dying. They're itching so much to be in relationship with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why a lot of schools, you know, they so focus on solely academics. And they're missing the, the most critical parts uh, uh, for, for kids. And that's the, the social socialization is tremendously important. Um, it, Todd, if you looked up stats right now, uh, the suicide rates, the depression rates are so high for kids 13 to 17. It's off the charts right now. Um, oh, and no. so that's why we're, we're doing everything we can to make sure they have a social point. They have touch and care points with our teachers. Um, and we also are a school of faith, so we have chapel. Chapel happens every Friday. Um, and, and so uh, the kids were tortured by me. They had to listen to me do chapel the first time. Um, they'll get a lot better after that. But, you know, they, they are getting multiple touches from a social and spiritual level that they, they so desperately want. Do the teachers worry about uh, being in contact with uh, kids and each other? You know, we, we this is Jeff, um, you know, we, we have given them the opportunity. We've asked them, you know, like, how comfortable are you? But I, I think our faculty um, is, you know, some are a little more distant, but, you know, they all wanted to get back to teaching kids, you know. Um, they, we, we communicated with them. We, we asked them, you know, how comfortable are you? But our faculty... You know, and, and not everyone might make that decision. You know, I understand at different schools, right? Everybody's in a different situation. But our faculty, everyone chose to, uh, you know, push forward. And, um, you know, like I said, some are, are, are a little more, you know, they keep a little more distance because they the, the situation, personal situations, family members, things like that, and, and that's totally understandable, you know. But um, we're, like I said, I, I mean, Patrick and Andrew and I all, like, the importance obviously of faith, but the importance of communion with each other, you know, the idea of 
being able, being in a room, it's just different, right? Like calling your mom and dad and even on a video conference and you walking in a room and they're there, it's so different. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean for some people not coming in is wrong. It just means that if you can do it in a safe way, it's, it's, it's important, you know, it's important for our, for our psyche to be able to be with other people. I think one of the concerns for coming back to school was uh, some people thought that it was going to be so expensive to buy new infrastructure and equipment and face shields and all this kind of stuff. And some schools have put physical clear barriers in place. So when we come back from the break, uh, we'll talk more about whether you had to do that And, of course, I also like to talk about legacy, so each one of you will have an opportunity to tell us about a legacy that that you learned from a special family or friend uh, member or uh, the legacy that you want to leave. So if you have any comments about what you've been going through in your school, trying to get your little ones back into the education, then send us your comments in our live stream on Facebook by finding Talk Law Radio and the Scales of Justice. We'll be right back after this break. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we have our guests tying up the phone lines through conference call, the staff of Lutheran High School, Patrick Maynard, Jeffrey Sanders, and Andrew Eichstead. We wanted to get a little bit into how you've been able to find a balance in protecting the students' physical health, but helping address their emotional and mental health of adapting to all the social distancing. Yeah, so did did y'all have to put up uh, physical barriers on the desks or partitions or anything like that? A great question. Some of our, most of it's just ultra social distancing for us. Uh, again, a lot of schools are allowing their kids to take masks off, and we're just not there yet. Um, you know, and so we are very well spread out in our classes. Um, but when you talk about this in general, I'd say you got to go back to your plan and what you tell your teachers and, and all that. You know, for us, everybody has to do their part for our school to remain open and be able to be that place of real life care. You know, um, our families have taken taken this seriously and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna strongly encourage our kids." Our students realize the importance that they need to do these things, and they're doing a great job, Todd. I got to tell you, my, I they're exceeding what I had hoped to see um, on on really taking this seriously. Face masks, uh, you know, kind of walking down hallways, not goofing around. Um, they've done an amazing job, but also my staff. You know, when you say keeping teachers safe. Um, when I walked into a room and I just I went up to one teacher, I said, hey, I think it's a little too close. 
And so he's like, instantly he was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And so we just rearranged his class and pushed everybody back three or four more feet just to create extra barrier from him because I want him safe too. Um, and so it's everybody working together and believing in the plan. Uh, when you have people deviate and don't care, that's when you're going to have problems. I mean, you can have a great plan. If you can't execute it, it doesn't matter what your plan was. Um, so, you know, from social barriers, I know some schools, uh, Shepherd the Hills is a school that's using a lot of social barriers um, because they really need to. I mean, that's a great spot to make sure they can have safety in their classes. That's what they need to do. Um, but I would say there's, again, there's some schools that are not using any protective barriers and they're letting their kids take their masks off. And that is, a, in my mind, a very cavalier approach to this uh, if you want to stay open as a school. Because, again, with too many cases and how it could play out, uh, Metro Health could, could request you closed very quickly mm-hmm. uh, and, and make it very tough on you. So that's why everybody needs to be on the same page and doing what they can to follow these regulations. It's not to cripple anybody it's not to punish anyone it's to make sure that everyone who participates stays healthy and is able to continue participating um you mentioned earlier that a lot of your classes are pretty low grade um as far as how many students are in the classroom at a time except for drama has there been any changes to having social distance while doing drama lessons? Have they been starting sure. to learn how to do some kind of pandemime to make up for all that space in between them? Well, what's funny is I don't want to, I won't release too much info on this, but our drama teacher has an amazing idea of what we're, how we're going to be able to do a live presentation for everyone. Um, uh, so, yes, he's a very creative thinker. Right now, Christiana, in this situation, we've got, you know, again, there's eight kids in his class per day live, so he's, it's, it's well spaced out right now. He just has a huge group of kids really overall kind of, of you know, paying attention. So um, we're, we're good there for right now. What happened for us, like, we, we have a very low music population this year, so, you know, a lot of music programs have been put on pause. Our, ours was put on pause this year um, just because, you know, when you're blowing a trumpet and mm-hmm. you're really – you know, those things, or you seeing it in choir, um, spit flies. And, and that's nothing we were very co- confident with, and we didn't have a, an adequate answer. And so with our numbers being low there, we just decided, you know, we're going to put that on pause for a year. And our parents were very supportive, saying, listen, that's not a critical, you know, obviously you're looking at, at the, the right things for school. So I can attest, case by case. I can attest to that. I understand how uh, having choir practice might be a little difficult. I do some freelance karaoke on my own. And I tried, I tried singing with a mask on, and a lot of time the lint would end up getting stuck in my throat. So mm-hmm. have to find different ways to practice um, without worrying about infecting the air. Is there anything right. else that y'all uh, wanted to say about how the school has adapted to the uh, pandemic uh, regulations? I think the biggest thing is just changing what we did from from last spring, which I think went really well. Our parents were really happy. Um, and then constant communication with our parents. Um, we've had weekly meetings or biweekly meetings, uh, so two meetings a month with our students, with our families over Zoom. So all through the summer, we were having contact points with them and letting them know, okay, as of right now, here's the plan. Okay, as of right now, here's the plan. And when things would change, when the governor would speak or the attorney general would speak or they would all speak at once, um, we could say, okay, based on what they've said, this is what our plan is going to be. And so we weren't making big, giant leaps. We were making little shifts all, all throughout the summer um, and letting our parents know and our teachers know, hey, you know, last, 
spring it looked like this, but this fall it's going to look this way. We're going to have classes in real time. Where, you know, if you're at home, it's going to feel like you're in school. And I think that's maybe the biggest um, thing that our parents have been happy with, our kids who are online. Uh, the thing I keep hearing from our parents is they feel like they're in school. They feel like they're connected, um, and that's, that's really nice. Great. Thank you guys for sharing uh, your experience with us. Now I'd like to uh, ask each of you the same question, and, and we'll begin with the head of school. Um, have you learned uh, a special legacy from a special person, or would you like to share uh, what you want your legacy to be, either for your family or for these students? How would you respond to that? Wow. Um, well, I'll tell you what. When I am dead and gone off this planet, I pray that I've left a mark that says education is more than what you uh, technically learn in a classroom. Uh, education is, is, you know, yeah, you're going to learn some facts, um, but I want kids to learn how to be learners forever, um, and I want them to uh, be learners of how to be in relationship with other people forever, that education is, is about being in a community with one another and working together on things, and very rarely do you get to live in a bubble um, like the NBA, you know, you are working with people all the time. And, um, and so, you know, Lutheran High, we try to do that here as much as we can, saying that education is just, it's, it's bigger than you realize. And uh, the other part of that is it's bigger than you realize, and it's also your potential to do something is bigger than you realize when you're a freshman in high school. And to, that we want our students when they come on this campus is to dream big. Just dream bigger than you've ever dreamed and reach for it. Thank you. That's a wonderful legacy. Okay, let's uh, hear from Mr. Sanders. What would you say your legacy would be, or what legacy have you learned from? Well, um, you know, I would say, you know, my parents did such a good job of, you know, um, modeling care and concern for others, um, you know, being uh, having a Christian impact without necessarily you know, working in a church situation, right, that you can be a witness wherever you are. My dad was in the car industry, you know, and my mom had lots of jobs and went to school and did a lot of things, but much of her life she was staying at home taking care of my brother and I because that was a full-time job. And, um, you know, they were just amazing role models for us. And, um, you know, for me, um, I, I just pray. I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, you know, when I die, I know where I'm going. And, um, you know, my hope is that you're there with me. And I pray that, you know, God's just able to use me as a tool and I don't get in the way that, you know, he can work through me to have his word spread out to more people. And, you know, they can see the love of Christ and, um, you know, hopefully then the spirit will work in them and, and you know, win more and more people to uh, his kingdom. Amen. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Eichstead, you're next. Same question. So I think it would be, you know, doing the hard things, um, so we talked in our meetings this summer about, you know, the easy thing to do would be to say, hey, we're going to go all online. We have the technology. Um, everybody will be, be safe. But we're really concerned here about the whole person and making sure that our students are not just getting their academic needs met, but their emotional, their social, their spiritual needs met. And so that means for us saying, saying yes to a lot of things that are sometimes uncomfortable, you know, walking into to a situation where we don't have all the answers um, and saying, yes, we're going to try and do sports. Yes, we're going to try and do robotics. Yes, we're going to try and have clubs for kids. Um, no, that's not all going to look like it has in the past. And no, we don't have all the right answers, but yes, we're going to keep working to, to make this the best experience that it can be uh, f for our students and families. Thank you for sharing that. 
So if you're out there listening to this program, it's Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquart, and we're sponsored by a Senior Directory, uh, which is a little booklet. It's also a website where you can uh, look for resources if you're caring for an older person online. And also, uh, we're sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm, where we focus on last wills, living trusts, estate planning, and tax-protected inheritance plans. And so since we're focused on education today, I wanted to mention that if you want to leave a legacy to your children or grandchildren uh, that includes education, you can put that in your last will or living trust. You could even set up an educational trust today or after you pass away. So it's part of estate planning to let your family know what was important to you. And one way to let them know what was important to you is to say, this is how I want you to use the uh, financial resources that I'm passing down to you. Uh, this is a suggestion, or this is required. Uh, we also do incentive trusts where we say, uh, you don't get your inheritance unless you uh, finish a, a four-year, two-year technical vocational training certificate program. Whatever it is that you have in mind, we can make that enforceable. It's great to be able to know that you can leave your wishes on paper that is certified and notarized to make sure that they follow your estate plan to your wishes. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the time people think like, oh, if I tell them such and such or if I write it on a napkin and I just make sure that it's my signature, then everybody has to follow it. But it's not that simple. Yeah, they say I I trust him or her to just uh, do what I said. And I say, well, don't be so sure. They might forget or they might get it wrong. And it's great that we can have educators like the staff of the Lutheran High School to be able to share with us what they've been doing to help protect the students that are in their school. So that way, people who have written them in their wills might be able to live to see that inheritance. Yes. And thank you guys for joining us. Uh, We had a great show. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. So what do we look forward to next week? Well, it's going to be a surprise, but if you follow us on Facebook, you'll be able to see what we have in store with with Pastor Philip Doublestein. When you follow us on Facebook, we'd love to take any comments, any suggestions of new topics and guests that you want us to interview. So please find us with Talk Law Radio. You'll see the scales of justice and Todd Marquardt's beautiful mustached face. We look forward to being back live next Saturday here on Talk Law Radio.